And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. You bet. And uh, this one I think we should do backwards. (laughs) So we'll start with the closing. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. And then we'll move forward. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. (laughs) This is a crazy movie. Yeah, so I don't know how we delineate between the black and white that goes forward, just in sound, and the color that goes backwards. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. I don't yeah. know, um, I meant to look up where this was in Christopher Nolan's career. I'm assuming it was pretty early, but I don't I know think how it's early. maybe the second movie he okay, made. Okay, so not too many. That's amazing. Right. I and, mean, this uh, is when everybody went, oh, this is who Christopher Nolan is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've met him right. now. So the, the movie yeah. is Memento, um, came out in 2000. So, uh, so Christopher Nolan, ago. screenplay and directed by Christopher Nolan, based on a short story by his brother. And mm-hmm. um, I did enjoy uh, seeing Christopher Nolan talk about this a little bit on YouTube, but he, oh. he just said that uh, he and his brother were on a cross-country <clears throat> driving trip, and his brother pitched this idea for a short story. And he said, you know, that'd be a great movie. And um, they went from Chicago to L.A. And by the time they got to L.A., they split up. And uh, Jonathan Nolan went to write his short story. And Christopher Nolan went to write his screenplay. All based on this idea of Jonathan Nolan's. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, very cool. Yeah, it is amazing. And it really shows you all the things that Christopher Nolan was going to take off and look at. I mean, things like... Rearranging timelines and um, intricately interlocked, interwoven stories, plots, you know. Mm. But also this idea of, I feel like in all his movies, well, maybe not the last one or two, but his main body of work, he's always looking for what's really true. What's really true. And how can you tell what's really true? As are we all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Interstellar and movies like that. Um, Mm. The Batman movies. You know, how how do you look at yourself versus other people and what's true about you and what's true about them? And I don't know this. And this one just has all that stuff in it. Yeah. Plus Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is in it. Yeah. Who I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. he's, He's quite good. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. ladies, mm-hmm. this is probably the the height of his good looks. So you know, <laughs> get in there and get some of that. Yeah, and yeah. he spends a lot of it with his shirt off, and he is ripped. <laughs> That's right. You got to have the shirt off to read your tattoos. <laughs> you had to read the tattoos all the time. And he's yeah. continually getting up and down, moving around, putting things on his map. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at his tattoos. I'm just like, <laughs> I forgot how much of his torso we had in this meeting it was a delight <laughs> it was a delight julie davis <laughs> that's, that's it i, love I it. don't know what else we need <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that i love that oh shoot yeah so how do you want to summarize this thing well let's see there's a man who um is suffering from brain damage that makes him unable to make new memories past the point when it happened. 
And he, the last thing he remembers is his wife dying, and he is on a search to get vengeance on the person who killed her. Yeah. And it is a neo-noir movie, so uh, grim, clever, a lot of seedy characters. <laughs> Definitely. And because, Is there a non-seedy character? <laughs> oh. Uh, so I don't think there's a non-seedy character. I'll say that even the characters who seem very um, straightforward and innocent you tend to find out more when you kind of look below the surface and it causes you to reevaluate everything you think you know. Yeah, and I think that's what spoke to me most in this movie is um, watching a scene, thinking you know what's going on, and then seeing the next scene, which happened before <laughs> the one you just watched, that is giving you the uh, context that you didn't have changing your mind about the scene you just watched. Um, th- I mean, that, that right. was me. And it, it, it just reminds me of, you know, you talked about truth and stuff, but it's, it's these assumptions that we make about people. I mean, it made me think of this. Mm. It was just, we never know what other people are going through or how they got where they are or anything. Um, it, it just really screams as a, a another, reason to love people you know you you don't know what this person in front of you is going through and um even if they're quite annoying (laughs) or whatever it might be you know what i mean it's just like you think you understand something about them but boy do you really you know well that's it and um we'll have to talk about that i mean we we can't really do any of this without doing spoilers but yeah the character played by, uh, oh, Natalie, mm-hmm. Carrie Ann Moss. Um, her character, you think you know exactly what's going on. Because he he takes Polaroids of people so that he can write down notes on them because they develop so quickly. And he carries those around as notes to himself so he can recognize people when he meets them later and get his previous observations about them. Yeah. And um, in in that way, it's kind of like the way the movie is shown to us. By showing it to us backwards, he, um, the director, Christopher Nolan, basically is continually unmooring us, like you were saying. And in that way, we're like the main character, Leonard, who's mm. played by Guy Pierce. We never quite know where we are. And yeah. this must be how he feels. And so what I was going to say is uh, Natalie's character, Natalie, is um, somebody who, I mean, through watching her in these different backward scenes of what was going on, I changed my mind about her about four times. <laughs> yeah. I understood her motivations, but I also understood mm. why I was like, why are you, you seem nice, but why are you kind of got this malicious glint in your eyes? <laughs> I mean, she did it perfectly. Yeah, she did well. So... Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff like that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked, um, you You said almost exactly what Christopher Nolan said in this thing that I was watching. Oh. Um, there, there's a the thing, I, I only saw it about an hour ago because, you know, so I hadn't, I was going to, I would have sent it to you otherwise. But there's an 18-minute video on YouTube of Christopher Nolan explaining this, the timeline of Memento. 
And he's just talking, somebody's interviewing him and he goes on a blackboard and he says, well, I would draw it like this. (laughs) And it's kind of like a a sideways U shape. And he said, the end of the movie is like the apex of the U would be on the right. You know, the very, because they meet at the end. But it's in the middle chronologically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, but he said, he said, um, this is what you said that reminded me of that. He said, we, we decided to tell it this way because I didn't want you to know, I didn't want the watcher to know what the character didn't know. Mm. So he said, if we do it this way, then every scene you go into with what he knows, which is not a yeah. lot, you know? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you said almost that exact thing, but it's just, a, that's why he did it in such an interesting way. Well, and it takes a while before you really figure out. I mean, he does a great job at the beginning with the sections that are going backwards. Um, they're they're longer than mm. later in the movie when we really know what's going on. We're kind of trained so we can keep up. The first sections are longer as we're kind of learning how to how to think like this character as he's going through this stuff. And then there's a significant overlap between the scene that we just saw. And then the scene that um, comes up next, which would be what happened first. So right. you're, you're given that overlapping spot so you can kind of go, oh, here's where we are. I know what happened later. Now we're going to see what happened before that. And um, so that was really well done. And um, then it takes a while before you figure out that the black and white part is actually going forward. Mm-hmm. And, the, <laughs> and it's giving us context and as he's explaining something on the phone and things like that, and then the color part, and as you said, at one point you realize that what you're watching, the scene you're watching started off in black and white and then it turned into color. And you're like, oh, hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. So you know how the movie's going to end already. And you know, uh, but this is the part where you understand the decision he's making and the decision he's made more than once probably. And we and we're we're <laughs> if you if anybody hasn't watched this, this may not make any sense at all. And therefore, um, let's just say now on to spoilers yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, before we go there, just it's 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 a wonderful yeah. experience. Definitely oh, yeah, go really check good. it out. It's it's fun. It you watch it and yep, it it's it's great. It's well, yep. yeah. And the first time I watched it, I watched it. I guess I figured out I watched it with Hannah. Tom and Rose were out of town for something. And um, we watched it and we went, whoa. And I was like, oh, that was so grim. I'm never watching it again. Well, then they came home. You know, it was like they were gone for the weekend for something. And mm. I, and we said, you guys have got to watch this. So we watched <laughs> it with them. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I imagine the second experience was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And this, I don't think I've watched it since then. I might have maybe watched it once, but it would have been a while back. And so this one, I remembered the devices. I remembered the basic essence of what this movie is talking about. Otherwise, I wouldn't have chosen it. But you forget a lot of the little things in it, of Mm. course. Yeah. So it was really interesting. I'd forgotten a lot of the intricacies of Natalie's story. Um, I mean, for instance, since we do spoilers, the fact that when they meet and she's like, where'd you get a nice suit like that? And where'd you get this stuff? Where'd you get this stuff? And the reason she's being kind of hostile about it is 
that stuff all belongs <laughs> to her boyfriend and yeah. he's disappeared and not come back who was doing a drug deal and she knows that he got this from him somehow. Mm. Yep. And so, um, yeah. And so these are the things where I'd forgotten about that extra person who was yeah. missing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, she, you know, I, I think yeah. almost every character in this is using, trying to use this guy, you know? Well, they are, they're all, um, Oh, they're all manipulative. Yeah, Definitely. And they all kind of deserve what they get. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even Sammy Jenkins. Well, Sammy Jenkins in the story that's being told doesn't necessarily deserve what happens to him. It's just, he's a victim, but like his wife, his wife is guilty of either being stupid or being distrustful or believing an insurance guy instead of the doctor's. I mean, yeah, she's continually looking for something that she wants to be true instead of what is true and just saying, here's what's true. His memory's like this, and I have to deal with this, like yeah. this. So you mean um, her questioning whether it was even real? Yeah. Like whether he was just faking? Yeah, because yeah. the insurance guy brings up that possibility. Yeah, and they won't pay for something because they don't believe it? Right. Well, yes, it's a way mm. for the insurance company to get out of it. He says, you know, I didn't tell her what I really thought. I said this instead. <laughs> I said, well, I think it's, you know, a mental condition or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it was. He was brain damaged, but, you know. <laughs> right, right. But because he does that. Well, so I was going to ask you about this story. So mm. this whole story is a construction that I, he has done. Yes. Because uh, Teddy says he wasn't Sammy Jenkins wasn't married and he was a con man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know that he's um, Leonard has written down, don't believe his lies, but every time you see him, when you know what's going on, he seems to be saying things that are true. Right. I mean, he manipulates and, and that's him. Teddy, you mean, right? Teddy, Teddy, yeah. Teddy, the uh, cop, the corrupt cop, right? Yeah. Who is, Using him to off somebody that he wants to be killed, <laughs> and well, right. and make drug make money from drugs, right? Yeah, and he said, right. "Oh, and this is just a bonus. We got a bonus mm -hmm. money, <laughs> right?" <laughs> I thought we'd make a few bucks at the same time. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I, I thought um, now is Sammy um, is he the uh, that's Stephen Tobolowsky? Yeah, that's character. that's the name I was searching for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how could I forget yeah. Tobolowsky? Um, <laughs> So Sammy is Tobolowski, right? Right. Yeah. So was he was not real, right? No, no. At okay. least not that way. When Teddy says he wasn't even married, he was a con man and a faker or something okay. like that. And so I started thinking about that going, if that's true, then what what is the point of that story, which we're told the whole way through? And all I could think was this is part of Leonard's um, adaptation. Yeah. You know, I, I you feel what I felt like is that Sammy is Lenny. It's like yes. a thing. And I think that's what you mean by construct is a thing that Leonard has created in his mind, perhaps to deal with the guilt of what happened to his wife, which he is probably responsible for. 
I don't think he is responsible for it. Okay. What? Yeah, we don't know what happened exactly. Timmy unless it said was... these were just a couple of junkies who didn't mm-hmm. realize that she was married. Yeah. Who came in and because wasn't there a question about whether his wife had diabetes or not? It's all yeah. very ambiguous. I mean, well, yeah. You, you, I think if you go and if if you look around, there will be people taking sides on this kind of stuff. But well, that's kind yeah. of how I felt is that. That's Leonard was telling himself that story somehow to deal with what happened. And I think that was my, kind of my question to you because that story is not what happened. I mean, I think it's got pieces yes, of what happened. I think and that's he's right. made it yeah. to make, um, because he's giving himself the blame for misleading the wife mm-hmm. and what the wife and the wife's death and everything. But, you know, when you look at, if you can believe any facts in this movie. <laughs> Which is part of the thing, too, is everything seems to be subjective. Because we have the most unreliable narrator in the world. Right. Who's understanding things in about 15-minute segments and then writing notes on his body or having tattoos done about it. And then he doesn't understand the tattoos because he never writes it down as part of a story. (laughs) He just leaves clues for himself. And not only that, yeah, but he's listening to other characters tell him what to write sometimes, you know. And sometimes he'll write it and he'll scratch it out. Um, like I'm trying yeah. to remember, uh, I can't remember the exact detail of who he was writing, but he wrote something on a, in front of, in front of Teddy, he wrote something on a photograph. And then as soon as Teddy left, he scratched it out before he forgot. Right. Because yeah. he, Teddy told him, don't believe Natalie, write right, down yeah. that she, she lies or whatever, or yeah. she can't be trusted or whatever it is. And then he crosses it out because he's looked at Teddy's picture and on the back of Teddy's picture, it says, don't believe his lies. Yes, right. <laughs> well, of course, the thing is, mm-hmm. is that the don't believe his lies is Teddy told him the truth that he found the person who killed his wife yep. and killed him mm-hmm. and Teddy helped him kill him. And then he forgot about it. He yeah. said, this will solve his memory. In that sense, Teddy is like the wife. He says, if I just keep asking you to give the diabetes medicine to me, mm-hmm. I'll find out that you're faking. Right. Um, and, t- and then Teddy went, well, no, you didn't. Then you forgot all about it and started looking again because you want the quest. You want a purpose. You want, you know. Um, and so in terms of just not us muddling through going, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. <laughs> one of the things that this all these things we've been talking about reminded me of is for one thing, the thing you said and um, about, you never know what people are going through or what they're thinking. Now these people are all scuzzy in this movie, but (laughs) not everybody's like that. Or people have some scuzzy and some, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows? Um, So that's part of it. And what that made me think when you said that is um, the other day, our priest told me about, I guess this is an Orthodox saint, St. Seraphim. Okay. And one of the things he said was, you can never be too gentle or too kind. Hmm. I like that. And that's, yeah, and that's been very helpful to me in the hmm. last week or so. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah it's just, because what does it hurt us to be gentle or kind? Right. Yeah. You Agreed. Know, it, yep. It, it doesn't mean you don't know who you are or what's going on, but you can still be gentle and kind while you're dealing with whatever. Yeah. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, is that... Um, None of us ever has all the context that there is to make the decisions we make. We do the best we can. And it made <laughs> me think of once again, um, you know, that's, you know, God can see all of this. Yeah. But we can't. 
Right, we're here right. in our finite world with our finite vision and the scraps of information that we've gathered that we think are the whole information. Yeah. And yeah, searching for the bedrock. <laughs> well, yeah. Something that we can stand on, you know, so much flying around today. Personal lives, public lives, news, everything. Just trying to find that place to stand that doesn't move. And it and feels that, chaotic. That's God, yeah. It does well, feel yeah. chaotic, yeah. Yeah, God is the one anchor that we have. And we'll mm. never understand Him all the way. But with Him, every new thing that you discover is not chaotic, but order and a delight. Yeah. I mean... As long as you're in right relationship. But even then, if you discover things that you don't like, it's usually because it's making you consider yourself again. Yeah, I what like does that. This mean? I like that. You know, that the right relationship piece. Because you're right, we can never know. <laughs> We're never going to know all of it. But the right relationship is the thing mm-hmm. that keeps us anchored to it. And that's the bit where we learn a little more. Yeah, a little more and a little more and a little more. And it, it builds into a greater friendship. It builds into a greater trust. It builds into... Here's here's what I can measure things against. Yeah, like everything you say. else. Everything else is slippery. Um, right. Yeah, I, I saw a thing one time where um, this street evangelist was talking to someone, and uh, the someone said, "I don't believe in anything unless you can prove it." Right. And he said, "You do not live your life that way." Right. Right. You do not. Right. Because you can't possibly have all the facts on everything. Um, you know, before you decide to eat the meal that's in front of you, um, you are trusting quite a bit, you know what I mean? So it's just like, uh, it's just, it doesn't match how we live. And, and this movie is more of a, a picture of how we live. And we're just, you know, dealing with the things that we know and making decisions based on those things. But there is no bedrock in this movie. (laughs) no. Mm-hmm. And as we were saying, everybody's busy manipulating everybody else. But the thing is, is then Leonard seems like a victim, but he's manipulating himself. Yes, he is. He, yeah. he deliberately stops and has a moment of clarity toward the end of what we're watching, <laughs> that the bottom of the U. Yeah. And thinks it through, and you can hear his voice, his mind, thinking, okay, this is this is what's true. Do I... Do I believe this? Do I go on? Do I let this other thing go? And if that's the case, then how do I do that? And then he's like, he just hardens and says, no. I'm going to lie to myself. I'm going to write down this license number as the license number of the person who killed my wife. I'm going to write down don't believe his lies on the back of this picture. I'm going to send myself deliberately down this trail because I cannot face the truth yeah i don't want to think about it and i know i will forget it and i just watched this and was like wow and this because in that case this movie with all of its chaos and manipulation and lying and uncertainty is telling us one thing you can know what's true ah yes you may lose it you may decide to ignore it um, but at, at you get these moments of clarity and you know what's true. You decide whether to act on it or not. Absolutely. Yeah. And it can be painful. It can be uncomfortable. <laughs> right. But yeah, you got to face that. 
Yeah. Yeah, there were all kinds of lines in this movie, like, we lie to ourselves to be happy. You don't want truth, you make up your own truth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these are things, uh, Teddy said one of those, and Leonard said that too. Um, yeah, that's what we can't do. It, it gets you into a really bad spot. Yeah. And when you're a Christian, you have to, and, and because we're just as liable to do this as anyone else, we want to think the best of ourselves. We've mm-hmm. decided what to think about this person over here, you know, or whatever situation. And then we have to stop and ask the question and try to be open to how do we know more? How mm-hmm. do, you know, or even just, about ourselves when we do like the examine at the end of the day or hmm. examination of conscience before we go to God or reading scripture and having an insight or something. Do we allow it in? Mm-hmm. Do we let ourselves be changed even when we're like, but I don't want to think that <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see that I'm that person or whatever it is. Yeah. Cause this <clears> whole movie is about what happens when you don't. Right. Yeah. I like that. That's a, yeah, it's great. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of floating around that same idea, but mm-hmm. um, didn't quite land. But that that's perfectly put. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he also mm-hmm. asked another question that made me think, um, what he says, how can I heal if I can't feel time? Mm, that was a good, that was a good thought, too. Yeah. And then it made me think about. How, what makes our reality, if we lose memory, then how do we know who we are and how do we act? Mm. And so the way then you act, I think, when I was pondering this is, you know, there are certain basic characteristics that each person has. They react in certain ways. They react uh, by thinking about something or being angry or whatever it is. And I was thinking about then about, Leonard's point that he makes over and over and over is you have to condition yourself through habits. If I do this every morning when I get up, then I'll read these notes I left. Mm -hmm. If I'm always writing myself notes and taking these pictures and he has a strict schedule that he follows so that he can try to kind of maintain control over his life, which we see as not working as well as he (laughs) thinks it might. Not at all. But you're right. But so for us, It's things like practicing the virtues. Mm. You know, these yeah. are this is the spiritual conditioning, the the chain that our soul making our soul lean in a direction one way or the other. So maybe I'm not knee jerk reaction doing this, this, and this. Yeah, and it gives you, I guess, the ammunition to deal with things as they happen, right? Mm-hmm. Things in the moment, you know. Yeah. Being, being, uh, having integrity in the moment of decision. It's like training yourself for those moments. Yeah. Cause it can be incredibly difficult if you're having a day where you're coming up against something that whatever virtue you're struggling with is, um, <laughs> constantly needed. And you're just like, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is hard, makes me unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm having to just take it. I mean, you know, yeah. come on. Right. But if you can get through a, a hard day like that and manage to just hang on, even if it's just halfway, hmm. 
You didn't do it the whole way, but you were trying the whole time. I mean, that's surely building those spiritual muscles so that the next time you recognize it a little quicker, it's a little easier. Yeah, and kind of on the negative side, um, all this manipulation, you know, this taking yeah. advantage of people. I mean, everybody. It's like mm-hmm. Teddy and Natalie. Um, Natalie was fa- that that scene where she goes outside and sits in her car for a minute and then comes back in oh. because she knows that he's forgotten. Yeah, that is just um, that sticks with you. That one because you're just like, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we you see know? the scene before it where he's frantically looking around for a piece of paper. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Don't yeah. get distracted. Right. And then he does get distracted, and that's it. And then the next scene, you see what he's trying to write down you're like oh no oh yeah wow but yeah she's really she was really something but he did kill her her boyfriend <laughs> um but yeah. anyway but yeah she was like oh well i'm not i'm gonna use him to get what i need yeah mm-hmm. yeah well that's it mm-hmm. because then she was sending him off to kill i can't remember the guy's name it wasn't bud was it? It was something like that. Dodd. 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 Right. She's like, this is the guy who hit me. Go kill him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's like, okay. <laughs> Off I go. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just this, incredible. I loved the scene, though. I have to say, there were some really funny moments. So, like the scene where he's running and he's like, he suddenly this is the beginning. He goes, I, I guess I'm chasing this guy. So he's chasing. And then the guy turns around, starts running after him. And he goes, Oh no, I'm running away from him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. And and he's in the, and then when he's, um, taking a shower Mm -hmm. and he hears somebody come into the bathroom. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's like, then you see the scene before and you realize this is where he was hiding after he was chasing him was in the guy's room and he was going to attack him with this liquor bottle. And then what you see is he'd he'd forgotten what he was doing. And so he's like, Oh, well I could use a shower. I must be in my own room. (laughs) So he strips and starts taking a shower. I mean, it was some of those things were really funny. Oh, that was something. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine if we think about it too far, uh, uh, a person that has that problem probably is going to need a lot of care. I mean, yeah. I don't know that that would, it's functional in the world. Um, well, I think it does show us that a memory impaired person is the mm-hmm. worst one to become a detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> With all his case notes and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. In fact, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, okay, what if I was like, not maybe Sammy, but, you know, that kind of a situation. Or Leonard, Guy Pierce's situation. And I thought, you know, this is where hopefully I would stop trying to take control of things. Mm-hmm. And just go, here's the best thing for me. Yeah. Is to go live somewhere where, you know, I'll be happy enough each day. Maybe I'll be dissatisfied, but I'd be dissatisfied anywhere I went. Mm-hmm. But he's so driven by trying to find vengeance for his wife. And I don't know why he felt guilty but he did feel guilty yeah i don't know something deep inside it felt like you know yeah. it was just an almost an irrational motivation yeah because i understand the vengeance thing you know mm-hmm. he's mad and of course they killed her and his last memory is that's the thing that's constantly driving him yeah which is seeing her die right but 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good question because he remembers up to then, right? So maybe yeah. is that, that's his last memory. So mm-hmm. it probably is of super importance, but, but this idea, you know, revenge, I mean, there's lots of revenge in this movie, but <laughs> the dissatisfaction of revenge is another theme, I think, because once for him, once revenge is completed, he forgets. And what was it worth in the first place? And that is a pretty extreme example of why revenge isn't worth it to us in daily life too, you know. Um, it's right. not worth pursuing. It, it's self-destructive. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody who's involved has their own motives, um, some of which involve vengeance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the clear message is vengeance is wrong. Yeah. It, it affects everybody is touched by it. Right. It helps nothing. It hurts. It hurts more than it helps, period. Right. Exactly. And what do you get? I mean, you've killed somebody. Yeah. It's so, I mean. (sighs) What you got now is your own problems. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've just created your uh, life of uh, worry about what you just did, you know? So worry about being caught, worry about the morality of it, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see at the end of the movie, right? He mm-hmm. has a choice. Yeah. He can continue to seek vengeance or he can pursue something that he doesn't know what that path is, but something else where he knows what's true. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. tattoo, I got him over his heart where there's that blank spot. Mm-hmm. He sends himself on another quest because he can't, you know, deal with not having that goal. Yeah. It's, it feeds on itself. Hmm. Well, I mean, as we're recording this, just a few days ago, Hamas attacked Israel in some of the most barbaric uh, ways that you can imagine. Just, Just really, I mean, it's like the Old Testament came to life again. Hmm. You know, the thing about wipe this people out. And so... um, you look at that, and that's based on generations of seeking vengeance over wrongs mm-hmm. and the inability to open your eyes and see what's there that's better or different or possible. Yeah. Generation after generation of pain mm-hmm. yeah. you know, is what keeps happening. Yeah. And yeah. because all these people go and act on it in the most brutal ways... Um, then it's just perpetuated. Yeah. That is right. Yeah. That's, that's just such a tough thing to think about. I haven't, I haven't, you know, clicked on a lot of these details where it's just like, you know, just reading some headlines and stuff and a few articles, but Mm -hmm. I haven't watched any of the, I haven't been watching cable news for years now. It's just (laughs) much better. Um, but, but anyway, but I, I see what you're saying is, yeah. It's um yeah, it's just revenge on a grand scale, but it's self-destructive. But, yeah, and it's because <clears throat> from the time, you know, in a culture like this, from the time the children are little, and, and we see it with our grandson, he's going to be 3. Well, he's soaking up as fast as he can everything about being part of our family, being, mm. you know, a little boy, being all the things, right? So an Eagles just, fan walking into your house would be destroyed is what you're saying that's it he would <laughs> he bite would his bite ankles, ankles. 
We've saved that for when he's older and can really appreciate the evil of the Philadelphia Eagles. Say this as a Cowboys oh, I fan. It. I love just it. Just knowing the truth, folks. Too fun. Just knowing the truth. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm a little flawed on the vengeance thing. I would rather oh. see them lose than any other team oh. on in the country, but fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Scott? <laughs> well, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I have, I have a very good friend that's an Eagles fan who uh, lets me hear it all the time. So so misguided. Poor so, thing. yeah, he's, he, he's got a tough life. See the light. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <sighs> oh, too funny. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but so, it's that stuff yeah. where you go, they, they you soak up this culture. Mm-hmm. And if this is what you're surrounded by and continually told, and Leonard's telling himself all this stuff, and everybody else is supporting it because they're using it for themselves. Even yeah, the hotel reasons, guy yeah. is like, oh, I'm charging two rooms on your card because you don't remember. <laughs> yep. You know, everyone's yep. using it. Yeah, they're just like, oh, this, if you can't remember, that means I can do this. Right. <clears throat> and they're doing it. Yeah. It's just, man. Yeah. There wasn't, you know, a saint in there somewhere in the story. You know, we needed one. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't. And you know, the thing is, is by the end of the movie, you're really on Leonard's side. Yeah. You feel like you feel on Leonard's side. Yeah. You feel like he's just the one being manipulated the whole time. Yeah. And then this revelation that, Oh, he's also manipulating and, you know, self and others. Yeah, he's willingly participating in this manipulation for, you know, his own purpose. (laughs) Not something that's easy to understand, maybe, but we all all understand it. Mm. We all understand. Yeah. Interesting. I was was thinking about the title Memento, too. Um, Mm -hmm. So this short story is called Memento Mori, which is a very common Catholic thing, right? It's an object that serves to us as a reminder of death. Yeah. And um, so, well, you know, Christopher Nolan, he didn't call his movie Memento Mori, but I couldn't quite make the connection there. Um, like, can can you, is there anything there for you in a I Memento Mori? Was, yeah, well, not, I wasn't thinking about Memento Mori, but his whole life, when you think about that, his body is tattooed with reminders of his wife's death. Ah, Yes. Now, I didn't think about mm-hmm. it as memento mori, but I did think about it in terms of just memento. Uh-huh. And a memento is something that's a souvenir of a person or an event. Okay. Something yep. that reminds you of it. And of course, again, he's tattooed that way. He's got mm. all his notes that he's fixed yeah. for himself to keep himself on the trail. Yeah. He mm. will never let himself forget her death, and that's what motivates him. Because if he didn't have any of those tattoos, eventually... He'd find his way into, I don't know what. Yeah, eventually he would else. get to a point where it's all gone because he just doesn't have that anymore. There's no links to anything. Wow, yeah, that's an was, interesting thought too because this whole idea of creating this, I don't know, suddenly I just got this vision of, you know, like the salvation history <laughs> where it's just oh. like, you know, how things are connected and passed on and connected and passed on and... Um, you know, for him, if he, if he, if he left his path, he would eventually forget all of it. Right. If he didn't have these mm-hmm. things, you know, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of funny, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, just all these things that we've, 
done throughout history that have been passed on as mementos of what's come before. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. The stories we tell mm-hmm. of, you know, Everything. family and yeah. history of our country. The buildings and... we build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monuments and things. Yeah. We're, we're naturally drawn to that kind of, well, we're drawn to story. Yeah. And all those things are a way to tell a story in a different, you know, the mm. mon- monuments, the histories, the yeah, to kind of try to make sense of things. And he is also trying to make sense of things. Yeah. And then if you have, I don't know how many generations of non-connection you'd need for it to all be forgotten. I mean, you'd always have archaeology, uh, but, you know, this, this well, connection would disappear. If they, yeah, well, yeah, because look at some of this really old stuff that mm. we don't know what it's for. Yeah. Why? There's yeah. guesses. You know, we don't even understand the caveman art, which seems obvious, but then you find out, oh, but if you're in the cave and you've got a fire going and you mm. play a drum, it'll echo. <laughs> so, yeah. and these things look like they're moving. Were they just telling a story? Was wow. it religious? Was yeah. it, you know, now all those kind of theories are going, but who knows? I mean, gosh, that'll be cool to find out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When I die, it's one of the <laughs> questions I want to ask. I love that. Yeah, it's like yeah. Every every person that's born is a a new person yeah. that is given the mementos. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, and instead of one, you know, so do you squish that all into this one person's life where every day he needs to be educated. How interesting! Yeah, right. And think about um, when you talk with your siblings or other family members, and you realize. Their memories either aren't there, like I'm the oldest of my siblings. Mm. So I'll say something about, well, yeah, because when we were little, it was like this, and they won't remember it. Yeah. I'm three years older than one and five years older than the other. So I've got a different frame of reference. And or somebody else will remember things about a family member that I just didn't pay any attention to. Mm. And so this is how we're kind of building our tapestry, especially as we get older and we have more time to hang out and tell each other stories when we're together. And we'll talk more about stuff like that, interestingly, I think. And um, then you think about his his life, Leonard's life, he doesn't have any of that. So he's having to build it himself as he goes, and he doesn't have anyone else he can lean on to tell him that. (laughs) No one trustworthy, anyway. No, no. Yeah, that's that's where the saint would be in the movie. Every time yeah. he wakes up, okay, this is what's going on. <laughs> but it'd be yeah, like every he, 15 minutes, it'd drive you insane, wouldn't it? You wonder if he would forget that memory of his wife dying. Because I remember, you know, there's a scene where he burns actual mementos of his wife's that he would have a prostitute scatter around the room the way she oh, would do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then he says, now, after I've really fallen asleep, you go into the bathroom and shut the door loud enough that it'll wake me up. And so you can reach out and feel the warm spot where she was and then go look for her. Mm. And of course she's not, she's just doing what it's like doing drugs or something in the bathroom, whatever she's doing. And um, I, at the time I was watching this, I thought he's trying to regain or hold on to that memory, but what does it get him? Yeah, in the end, it's oh, unsatisfying. Yeah, and then he so burns for everything. Those, so. For those moments, she's there, you know. And then when mm-hmm. he opens the door, he's like, "Who are you?" Yeah, yeah. and then that just drives and then he his remembers again. More. Yeah, right. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah. Well, what a tortured soul. And I picked mm-hmm. this just because I thought this, I think this would be most people's um, horror nightmare kind yeah, of yeah. situation. Kind Nobody of wants to lose their memory. Purgatory kind of. Yeah. A, yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, one of the circles of hell. Very painful place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking this is, I mean, this is what we all look at and we look at older people and go, okay, I will take being in a wheelchair, but please do not let my memory go. Mm, Yeah. Because how do we know who we are if we don't have memories? And this is kind of what Leonard's dealing with, right? Right. And that's one of the genius things about him taking these Polaroids, of course, because you see them come into focus as they're developing. But, you know, if you have old Polaroids, they fade. <laughs> yeah. So it's his memories coming and going as he builds them and then they fade. I mean, it's just a beautiful image in there. Yeah. And it's, uh, I remember thinking during the movie, you know, he'd take a Polaroid, like of Natalie walking out the door. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's just like, well, what are you going to do with that? What is, what does it even mean? And then he, he may write something on it, but mm-hmm. it's not like that floods him with the context of everything that he was thinking when he took it. It's right. just a picture and a sentence. And from that, he's creating whatever reality this is, you know. Um, it's, it's incredible to think about. It's, yeah. um, I mean, it's missing everything. It really, really is. Yeah. And I guess by going on all this frantic activity, trying to find person after person who might be Jimmy G or Johnny G or whatever it is, mm-hmm. yeah. um, he then doesn't have to try to look inside and look deeper. You know, there's some musing on what's truth and what's this and that, but he doesn't have to stop and really ever examine himself. And he might have to do it every day that he wakes up because he can't remember that stuff, but he could also keep a journal (laughs) and read it over. I mean, these are the things he could do that could change his life. Right. Might not change anyone else's life, but his life matters too. Yeah, it does. Yep. I mean, I've got to say this, this movie affected me in a way I didn't expect because my mother is 89 living with us and her short-term memory is getting worse and worse. Hmm. And the, the benefit of her having lived here four years is she is firmly embedded in the routine of a family. Hmm. You know, she doesn't have a lot of the problems that some older people will have where they're not following a routine. They're not eating. They're not, you know, if they're on their own because she, she follows the family's routine. She gets up between eight and nine. She, you know, goes to bed around the time we go to bed. She comes back and watches TV and movies at certain times. She has dinner with us every night, all the things. I make sure she has lunch. So she's got that structure. But within that structure, I mean, she has a calendar and I'll write doctor's appointments or this person's coming over to see you or whatever on the calendar. But she won't look at the calendar. Cool. Is it that she doesn't remember or just doesn't want to? Well, I like, like, uh, what was his name? Uh, Sammy Jenkins' wife? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in St. 
like frustrating. Oh my gosh. To be asked the same yeah. question about ten times a day. Uh-huh. Now is it tomorrow that they're coming over for dinner? Oh my gosh. Is it, no, what are we doing this week? We're doing something, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you have a doctor's appointment on this day. And so then I will write her notes and leave them in the bathroom. But then she leaves them in the bathroom. And in the rest of the house, she's still asking me the question. Hmm. And it's not that she can't function. It's just these special things that come up that she knows there's something she needs to remember. But Uh she can't remember what it is that she can't remember or she can't remember the details. And so finally, um, I watched this movie and I was like, this is it. We have built the, the system. But she, like Sammy, is not deliberately participating. And it's not that he wasn't deliberately doing it. He didn't seem capable of doing it she is capable of doing it that's why i came away (laughs) from this movie i had to spend a day getting over being mad at her for not deliberately not making more effort Mm, yeah not to remember but to participate in the various ways that are there to remind her Mm -hmm. and i was like okay so on me i have to build some new routines for her when somebody's coming over i'm going to or we're going somewhere whatever Instead of just leaving a note in the bathroom, I'm going to give her a note out here where she has breakfast, and then she will, a lot of times, take it with her through the day. Oh, yeah. Or if I have to write eight notes and leave them around. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, the problem is then she never throws them away. She doesn't like to throw things away. So then I have to go around and collect the pieces of paper. (laughs) So that's not, that's my routine that I have Mm -hmm. to just not worry about, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of routines built in for different things. (laughs) But this is one for her memory where I'm just like, you know, if I make sure that a couple things like this are done and I emphasize, hopefully gently and kindly, <laughs> what happens sometimes. Yeah, you can't yeah. be too gentle or too kind. And that has saved her and me in the last right. few days. Wow. Just from other things, you know, where I keep going, nope. You can't be too gentle or too kind. Just let it go. Um, But it's that thing of just going, what are the routines that we build in? And I think that's kind of what led me also to, for me, I have to remember here are the virtues I'm struggling for. Mm. If I remember the virtue, don't then just go, well, that was hard and I didn't do it. Struggle with it. Yeah. Fight for it. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. But it was interesting to see that and go, oh, my gosh, on a lesser level, I can use this idea for her yeah that's great you know yeah really interesting yeah i've been trying to build routines myself not so much to remember things but well to remember to do certain things Mm -hmm. i mean how easy is it to go if you're busy you know to go a day or two without uh taking the time out that you need for prayer and stuff it's like the first thing that gets tossed over the side (laughs) right and it's just no let's let's can't you just do this and then you know, sometimes I'll go a week without looking at, you know, this notebook that I created or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Come on, man. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I can I can definitely relate. No, yeah. I've had to put timers on my phone. Mm. I have a yeah. timer for 12 minutes, and that's my morning prayer time. Mm-hmm. And I have a timer for 20 minutes, and that's if I have time. And that's if I'm legitimately not working. Uh-huh. which is a lot of the time on things I can't stop. So then that's my uh, Lectio Divina time. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. yeah, but I would like to say prayers at lunchtime. Do oh. I do it? No, <laughs> I, I had lunch and now I'm, I got to get back to work or I'm busy. I'm taking somebody mm-hmm. to the doctor. Do I rearrange that one? So I'm like you. It's, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. 
just get you know half the battle is just looking at the thing that tells you what to do <laughs> and not Come ignoring on. it and going i can't do it today man <laughs> later you're just like i'm not even looking at that i'm moving well, on that's it yeah so i need to be nicer to my mother <laughs> note to self i do uh, the same thing you're right that that's good. a wonderful example yeah yeah well nice yep yeah. Well, wonderful. So, Christopher Nolan, have you seen Oppenheimer? Not yet. I want and to. I have not have you either. seen it? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. That's his latest one that uh, mm -hmm. definitely want to see. So. Yeah. And I, I really love. Almost oh, all. Of, I th I'm just I'm just saying, I think I've seen all of his other ones. I. Oh, gosh, I think I have seen a lot. There's one maybe called Insomnia or something. Did he do that? Insomnia. Didn't see that. And I think Rose is like, no, don't bother. I mean, she's like, <laughs> it's it's good, but it's just early, and there's no mm -hmm. need to watch it really. Yeah. Especially since it's kind of painful watching these people with their insomnia or whatever <laughs> it is they're doing. Okay. The not sleeping thing. If if I'm thinking of the right thing. Interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, hold on. Christopher Nolan. I'm just popping him up as director here. Yep. Okay. There we go. So, yeah. So, he was doing some shorts, and then... So, Memento, oh, Memento, Memento was his second one, like you said. Then the first Insomnia. Following, and then Insomnia. Maybe the I haven't seen film... all. Oh, I have seen it. Yeah. The only film he directed, he did not write or co-write. Yeah. Robin Williams okay. and um, Al Pacino. Yeah, Hilary Swank. Okay, I'm not... Robin Williams could be really good, but his serious roles were always really serious, and I don't like mm. the other two actors that much. Yeah. But, yeah, golly, I think I've seen... I haven't seen Man of Steel. Oh, he just produced that. Um, yes, I've seen all the others. Do not anybody watch Tenet. <laughs> Yeah. But the others are all pretty good, <laughs> more or less, you know, just depending on what you like or don't like or whatever. But anyway, um, I was thinking of Guy Pierce, who's been in, oh my gosh, so much stuff. He's one of those guys who, he's the, in the old days, they would have called him a B-level actor, but, you know, really strong character actor. Mm -hmm. He just never either made the transition to being a big star or he just liked to choose movies that weren't big like that. Uh-huh. So the only other movie I've seen him in is The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yes. That has Jim Caviezel as the Count. Oh, cool. And Guy Pierce is the villain. I need to see that, he, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's 2012. I think it's 2012, or is it? Yeah. It is a really wonderful distillation of that story. It is not exactly The Count of Monte Cristo, which is so complex. and they So they had to simplify it. They had to get rid of some characters, and but it's it's really really good, hmm. um, yeah. And cool. um, but he is the villain, and he boy do you love to hate him. He's so good. <laughs> excellent. And Jim Caviezel is excellent in it. It's got Richard Harris as uh -huh. the Abbey Abbe, who is also in, you know, the prison with him. All those yeah. things. So yeah. anyway, cool. Um, but I really love him. He's he's just such a good actor, and I remember, don't remember where I saw it, but at some point after I'd seen Memento, I was reading up on it, and Christopher Nolan was so grateful to Guy Pierce. He said this was the first big movie I did, 
And they picked him because he didn't have star power. He was kind of an unknown. And so that went along with the story, right? Uh-huh. And, and he said, he taught me so much. He would make little suggestions just because he'd been in a bunch of movies already. Yeah, well, cool. And he was really grateful to him. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. yeah I, like to, I like to hear that. Mm-hmm. I, I love hearing stories, you know, how people are pleasant to work with. <laughs> yes it makes yes, me happy I agree. yeah yes as totally opposed agree. to the opposite kind of story <sighs> yes there's too many of those like you told me one time about frank sinatra oh and that was devastating devastating <laughs> he was a real jerk <laughs> <laughs> but you know part of that i think is it's the struggle of somebody who's become famous mm. i'm I just think that being the center of attention is not good for us. Yeah. You know, it's better to be the person more like Guy Pierce who nobody knows. Yeah. And so when you hear about famous people who are nice, like Hugh Jackman and, um, oh gosh, there's somebody else I was just hearing about the other day where they said, oh, Charlton Heston, hmm. where yeah. everybody always said he was just the nicest guy to work with. We watched Touch of Evil and he and Orson Welles got on like a house of fire. I mean, he just they just loved each other. That's cool. He's, Charlton Heston said, I've never had every single take greeted as if it was a masterpiece and you just felt even better about doing it again. Hmm. And uh, Orson Welles said, he is the nicest man I've ever met. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And Very so, good. yeah, it's just, you know, it's interesting to hear those things. You, it gives you that insight. And yeah, poor Frank Sinatra, but... You know, we all struggle with different uh, problems. Yeah, right. And one of his was probably he was too famous mm-hmm. and in, and therefore indulged in ways that probably weren't very healthy <laughs> for his ego or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Agreed. You betcha. So let's pray we don't become famous. So far, yeah. so good. So far, so good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well Thank you, yes. Lord. <laughs> I love it. Oh, too Agreed. fun. Too oh, fun. gosh. <laughs> well, all right. Well, what do we have next this fun October? Mm, it's it going to be one of yours, uh, I guess. A return to an author we've done before, or we've talked about before, Dean Koontz. One Door Away from Heaven. Oh, man. Yes. I read that thing Mm. in about three days because I said, oh, I've got some time. I'll start this. It's kind of long. And I couldn't put it down. I forgot how good that book is. I'm right in the middle of it again here. So, Mm. yeah, really Mm -hmm. enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny to see how he's tackling things that were specifically of the time, but they're sadly still relevant. Yeah, right. What a good book. Good choice. I can't (laughs) wait to talk about it. Me too. Me too. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. So, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Wait, what What were they listening to? Um, gotcha. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my Polaroid out. Let me help oh, that's you with right. this. I was like, yeah, we just did this thing backwards. I was thinking, where are you, where are you going to go? Yeah. I love it. Good That's job. where it starts. You know what's going uh, on. I forgot we were going backwards, so we all forgot everything. That's right. Oh, uh, my gosh. Too okay, well. That's hilarious. <laughs> Made me laugh out loud. <laughs> all um, right. Well, now have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yes. <laughs> have a great couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you again soon about a spooky book. Yes. Uh, okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Okay, bye-bye.